Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Jamie. Thank you for listening to the Fit and Fabulous podcast. And I really want to give a huge shout out to today's sponsor, which is Seco Wine Club. You guys have seen me posting about it. You've seen my stories. I love Seco Wine. It's a low-carb wine, and it's the low-carb wine that I'm going to be serving around the holidays here at my house for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And you know what? Palo 61 is the my favorite wine. It comes in red. It comes in white. It even comes in a rosé. And usually I'm not a fan of those types of wines because they're real sweet. You guys, this is low in sugar, and it's super safe for you, and I love it, and I know your family is going to love it too. I do have a code that gets you free shipping on three bottles or more at secowineclub.com. That code is DrFit, that's D-R-F-I-T, at secowineclub.com. You guys, this is glucose monitor approved, and I've checked it with my own CGMs. It's low in sugar and it's low in carbs, so it's completely safe for all the people that are keto and paleo out there and are staying that way through the holidays. This is old world organic, you guys. That means it's 100% Italian wine. There's no intervention, no chemicals, no additives, no sugars. It's just real wine. There's no membership that's needed to try Seco Wine Club. You can save big with a membership. You guys can order this anytime and get free shipping with my code. Thank you to Seco Wine Club and thank you to all of you. Happy holidays. to the Fit and Fabulous Podcast with Dr. Jamie Seaman. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Jamie, and welcome back to the Fit and Fabulous Podcast. I want to thank all of our listeners out there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. You guys all mean so much to me, and every time you like and share and download these episodes and leave us your reviews, you're helping spread these important messages all over the world. So thank you. We love and appreciate each and every one of you. Well, today I have a really amazing guest. I'm super excited about this one. It's just really fun connecting with like-minded people in this space. This is another OBGYN, super passionate about fertility and helping women achieve pregnancy in their lifetime and doing it in ways uh, that we can make a, a large impact through lifestyle intervention. So I'm super excited to have this conversation today. And I want to welcome Dr. Kiltz to the Fit and Fabulous podcast. Thanks for joining me, Doc. Oh, it's a pleasure, Dr. Jamie. Uh, Seaman, it's it really is an honor. I am learning so much from what you're doing, but it is really critical that more people in the space of health and wellness share an opposite concept and idea than we learned in medical school, residency, and beyond. And for me, it's changed my life personally. I suffered. And I deal, I'm a fertility specialist, and I see so many people struggling. And uh, you know how important your children are and your family is. And for those that it's not happening, it's, it's uh, devastating. It is. It's one of the harder parts of, of my job. Certainly uh, the worst part is when women lose a baby or we lose a mother. That's the most mm. devastating thing of my career. Right underneath that is, you know, uh, people who have abnormalities with their babies. And then right up there is fertility. It's such a emotional, you know, event. And, um, we're going to talk all sorts about fertility and what women can do to help them achieve pregnancy. But I just want to tell people a little bit about who you are, if they don't know. So Dr. Robert Kiltz, you guys, he as a graduate at the university of Southern California, completed medical training at the university of California, Davis. He interned in internal medicine first at UCLA and then in obstetrics and gynecology at USC in Los Angeles County Women's Hospital. After residency, he went to the University of Colorado Health Science Center in Denver, where he practiced for a year uh, and then went out to Kaiser Permanente in California, then went on to Harbor UCLA Medical Center for a two-year fellowship in reproductive endocrinology and infertility. So this is specialized training um, after obstetrics and gynecology that can help people um, achieve pregnancy. He's now opened the, uh, he's the director of the Central New York's first successful IVF center. And um, that's what we're going to talk about today is what he does uh, in his day-to-day world. But he's, of course, got this special interest in reproductive technologies, minimally invasive surgery. But the reason that I love Dr. Kiltz is because he does take such a, a, a heavy lifestyle approach in helping women achieve pregnancy. And him and I are very like-minded in ketogenic therapies. And so I can't wait to talk a little bit about that. But Dr. Kiltz, I found uh, your TED Talk and I was 
so into it. So for those of you that haven't seen it, go find it. Dr. Robert Kilt's TED Talk. You can just Google it and I'm sure you can find it. But basically his TED Talk was called The Human Ferrari. Dr. Kiltz, tell people, tell people what that means. Well, we have been treating ourselves like a Yugo, um, uh, a much maligned car, or like a pig and a cow. And we have forgotten that we are the most valuable, expensive, irreplaceable entities of the universe. We are the miracle machine, the lion, the lioness, and the Ferrari. But uh, we've been trained to treat ourselves like pigs, cows, no disrespect to any of those organisms. And what I learned is, is that you really want to treat yourself like the most valuable, expensive thing. And we've learned a lot of lies in Western medicine. And, and uh, Ken Berry has really shared some of those in his book. And But I've learned that all that great training taught me how to write a prescription, uh, share the, the healthy lifestyle, which as it turns out is a lifestyle of a Yugo, a pig and a cow. And we are lionesses and lions and we are Ferraris and we are the temple, not the amusement park. And these analogies kind of help us sort of put a picture to everything because we're, we're a picture based entity. The vision of it can change our minds. But um, we need to be taking care of ourselves differently. And I know through what you've learned and I've learned in this term ketogenic lifestyle, I don't like to use the word diet, but we still use it. We need to change it and get rid of it. But we need to learn to take care of ourselves and recognize we're the most valuable, expensive entity. And there are different ways that uh, I've learned. Yeah, I think that one of the things that we just don't get enough of when we're going through traditional Western medical training is a lot of these lifestyle interventions, which are the simple things. It's like, if we can't do the basic simple things, then why are we, you know, looking into these advanced technologies and all these different medications? And we just need to really bring it back to the basics. And my followers know, I kind of have these just like the five pillars Nutrition is the first one, the, the biggest thing that can make a huge impact on your health in the shortest amount of time, like really short amount of time when we look at the studies and then movement, the way we move our bodies, the way we move in our environment. Um, it doesn't mean over-exercising. It just means getting appropriate amounts of movement in our day. Um, my third one is stress, figuring out how to be more resilient to different stressors in our environment. The fourth one is sleep. And then my fifth one is is environment. And that's just kind of like a big umbrella term for just all the chemicals and the, the ways that we interact. And unfortunately, and in our industrialized society, we're dealing with that more and more, especially with, with fertility. So let's talk about the first one that I think is the most important. You've kind of touched that you're definitely a fan of the ketogenic lifestyle and things like that, but talk to me about, you've been at, you didn't start being a REI yesterday. So <laughs> talk to me about your years of training and what you've seen in actual clinical practice and how did you ever get into the, the low carbon ketogenic space for yourself and for your patients? Well, I've been uh, a reproductive endocrinologist and infertility specialist, which is a little negativity. And I don't like to use that for 30 years. I did my training in Los Angeles, UCLA. I practiced um, in the Bay area for a couple of years. And then I came to upstate New York to practice um, getting back to the basics, uh, OBGYN and fertility. Um, and through my practice, I was realizing that all the, the high uh, expensive technologies, the drugs and the data were actually very incorrect. And I was having patients get pregnant that I couldn't get pregnant. And even though I, we were doing all this high tech stuff, and um, I actually learned about The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. And I went through some, some emotional challenges and, and, and for myself, and I tapped into meditation and prayer. And I personally think faith in God is number one because we are the gods of the universe. And when we can emulate faith first. But then I had some patients getting pregnant that so we shared meditation and yoga and, and those sort of things. Then I had some patients getting pregnant on this thing called paleo diets, all right? And I'm like, what is a paleo diet? Diet doesn't matter. That's what we're taught, right? I, I mean, I'm Italian, Mediterranean. Um, and, and I started reading because I want to know if you're doing something that's getting you success that I don't know about, 
I want to learn about it. And so that's when I began to read about paleo and keto and carnivore and fasting. And I suffered from arthritis, psoriasis, bowel bleeding, migraines, hemorrhoids, and kidney stones. And I've had my best friends and my sister die at a young age, and I couldn't figure it out why. Till I figured out that actually our diet is the incorrect diet. It's a diet. We should be eating one meal a day. We should be adding fat, fats from an animal, oils from a plant. We should be uh, eating fatty meat, not plants. And so I began to write about it and talk about it. And is either I talk too much about yoga and prayer, or I talk too much about diet because no one wants to hear these things. They want to know the Western medical science. And so I begin to read and talk about it and write about it and begin to share ends of one because your story is as important as the thousand stories. And we have a pretty good group of sharing on, on our blogs and our websites and we developed yoga and acupuncture and all these things. And I talk about keto like, like it's the only thing that matters. But key to health is, is I've learned and seen so many of so many people, women get better eggs and cycles and better embryos and implantation. They stop miscarrying. They stop getting abnormal embryos. They start delivering babies more naturally. And then on the guy side, they make better sperm. Uh, they feel better and it, it changes everything. And so the secret is what you put in the mind and the mouth and exactly how you move the body is really the foundation of our health and wellness. And that Western medicine taught me how to write a prescription, recommend a surgical procedure. And I do a lot of Western medicine, by the way. But, but I'm also going to share both sides of the, of the story. And I've been doing it now. I've been seeing my fertility has been in business for 25 years. I'm the owner director of all CMI fertility centers. We are the most affordable, the least expensive fertility center in America. And we integrate Eastern and Western practices. And I share ideas that I learn from people like you, from Marie Emmerich, Ken Berry, uh, 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 Kevin uh, uh, Stock, and, and so many more people, but there's infinite list. And our job as healthcare practitioners is to help you not get a disease, help you heal from the disease naturally. And when you're not, it's also to help you with our Western ideas that may be the thing that you need in all of this. And so my, I went into medicine when I broke a leg and I saw a hippie doctor and I was like, wow, I want to be that. Now I grew up in LA. I kicked out of school, couldn't read dyslexia. My father in jail I didn't have the wherewithal to go to medical school. I didn't even think I could do it. But here I am after a lot of stress and struggles. But without stress and struggle, we don't learn and grow and do better. Mm -hmm. And so my job is to share opposite ideas that we've learned in medical school residency and training. And from our peer-reviewed journals, which often can be snake oil, no disrespect. Um, and, and eating a fatty meat diet one meal a day is like the healthiest thing you can do, but it, I get a lot of flack. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> when you live in the margin, people will constantly question what you're doing, but that's how we push, you know, ideas forward. And, um, I, like you have seen so much anecdotal evidence, um, in my own practice that I can't. I can't deny, you know, what's happening with these patients and, uh, social media is cool. Cause it allows these people to share their story all over the world and learn from each other. Um, but I applaud also what you're doing because as an obstetrician, um, you can get unhealthy people pregnant sometimes. I mean, that is the truth, right? And then, then we have to take care of them as an obstetrician and get them through a delivery. And then we know that these studies, especially on hyperglycemia and pregnancy, 
the HAPO trials, even if they, I mean, there is some good <laughs> research out there. It's a linear relationship between a woman's long-term risk of cardiovascular disease and obesity and diabetes, not only for her, but for her offspring. So this is a big deal when you're talking about making an impact for generations. And so talk to me about for a woman that's listening, what's the optimal diet for a woman who's trying to conceive? I know you kind of said fatty meats, one meal a day. Is it really one meal a day? Is it really just matter, you know, what the macronutrients they're eating? Is it the micronutrients? Talk to me about your experience in that. Look, at science likes data, and I call it doo-doo. I mean, what is a macronutrient? I have no idea. What is a micromolecule? I have no idea. What is a vitamin and a supplement? What are the things we really need? Ultimately, it's too difficult and challenging for any of us to understand really what it is. Uh, the term unhealthy is actually part of our problem. We actually have no idea what healthy and unhealthy really is. My best friend died at 52, healthy as can be. My grandmother lived 104 and she was unhealthy as can be. Mm -hmm. So ultimately the problem is our labeling of what is healthy and unhealthy. If you have a problem you're struggling with, the five basics to me is faith, I call it fertile fatty foods and one meal a day because the likelihood that we ate three to six meals a day throughout our millions of years of evolution is very unlikely. The, as long as we keep eating meals three to six times a day, which are mostly plant-based, and by the way, plants are predators, they will intoxicate us, hallucinate us, make us schizophrenic, psychotic, and ultimately we're addicted to a plant, but no one's addicted to fatty meat. And the last I looked, I don't know anyone who's allergic to fatty meat. And so I, I always say fatty meat carnivore is the top of what we are. You can be a vegan or vegetarian and do keto. Keto is a low sugar environment. If you go and fast for days, your glucose level is going to be lowest. Your free fatty acids and ketone bodies are going to be highest. That's just an environment of a low carbohydrate load. I call it the bucket, the belly. As long as you're putting complex carbs in your belly, seeds and nuts and fruits and vegetables, three to six times a day, you're always secreting glucose into your bloodstream. As long as you secrete glucose in your bloodstream, your insulin is going to go up. And the job of insulin is to convert glucose into fat in the liver. Glucose is not the energy of our cells. Free fatty acids are. Anorexics die fast. Fat dies slow. And I'm also convinced that being obese is not the cause of any disease. It's actually only a sign that you're a carb loader. And you actually have the very best genetics ever created because the get fat gene is the survival gene. When the fruits and vegetables, and I don't think vegetables were the thing we ate. We ate fruits and fruits when they were sweet in a very short amount of time. And we ate a lot of them to get fat in order to be able to thrive and survive the famine. So the one meal a day, now, like it's hard to do a meal every three days or like for three days, I'll eat two meals and then two days eat one meal. I mean, I'm not that smart. One meal a day. And the best time is at night in order to rest and digest because the blood flow to the bowels allows you to digest properly. Yeah, we tend to be actually more insulin resistant in the morning because our cortisol spikes. I've talked to Dr. Ben Bickman about this. Um, and I think that when we think ancestrally, I, rec I recorded uh, a few things with Dr. Paul Saladino and, you know, he went and lived with the Hadza for a certain amount of time and they do eat berries and honey and things like that. And when they get it, they gorge on it. Correct. But it's definitely a survival food. It's because they haven't been able to kill a ruminant animal or whatnot for, you know, certain amounts of time. And, um, <laughs> I don't think the access to ruminant animals to the wild, wild uh, tribes is no longer the same. 
So we're only evaluating our diet based on our modern world. That's the challenge. So I have no idea what we ate 5,000, 100,000 years ago, but I can tell you what's the very best lifestyle for a human today. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that across the board, you know, some people can eat plants and get away with it. Like if you don't have an autoimmune condition already, you know, a problem with your gut, eczema, psoriasis, I see so many, I was just talking on another podcast about vulvodynia, which is something we see in the gynecology world, this like itchy, um, inflamed labia. I've had a patient who we, we removed oxalate. She was eating a spinach almond smoothie every single morning. We got rid of it. Boom. Vulvodynia went away. And so, but I think that, you know, some people can tolerate them and some people can't, but when people are like, there's no way plants are toxic. I mean, where does THC, ayahuasca, opioids, like a lot of medicines we use, like we use plants medicinally. Um, and so there, there really can be adverse consequences of that. And the, this, the subset of plants that we actually eat as humans is like a tiny percent of the actual number of plants in the world, because the other ones literally would kill us. <laughs> well, the ones we're eating are killing us, but we don't understand it because Cancer goes, happens slowly. Metabolic disorder isn't always fast. Some people will die fast from the allergic reaction. Some people slow. Mm -hmm. I don't believe there's such thing as an autoimmune disease at all. We have immunologic reactions to the particles of the things that we breathe, drink, and eat. Because when a plant breaks down, it's going to break down to mostly sugar, a little bit of fat and protein, by the way, protein is not very significant in a plant. And then there are the phytochemicals and the plant antigens like the lectins, phytates, oxalates, latex, glutens, and more. And so really plants are harmful, but you just don't know what it is. My best friend, Dave, 52, in, a, a, in shape, everyone look and say healthy, Cancer, leukemia, and dies. Vegetables cause cancer, in my opinion, because we're blind by the small amounts of, of, of lectins, oxalates, and phytates over the years, and or the phytochemicals. If you just Google plant poisons on Wikipedia, you'll be amazed that it's everything we eat. Again, if you, it's the, 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 Essentially, the amount or the frequency of the poison makes the damage and disease. Now, why some person will die from a banana like my daughter or an avocado, but other people eat it like whatever. The background inflammation is an allergic reaction that we call an autoimmune disease. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there's definitely some genetic variation too. I did, yes. uh, I got down the rabbit hole of doing a bunch of SNP testing on myself because I'm a, a science nerd. And I, over the last five years, have kind of gone from Whole30 to Paleo to Keto to now more of this carnivore-ish diet. And I felt through this whole kind of spectrum, I'm like feeling better and better and better and better. And I'm just like, my brain's working. I feel amazing. My skin's clear. And I did this SNP testing and it was like, huh, this is exactly why I feel this way. I have all the genes. I don't convert plant DHAs, EPAs, ALAs. I don't convert vitamin A from plant. Like I have all the genes that are like thrive on a, on a meat-based carnivore diet. Um, but it was cool to, to just experience that and figure it out on my own. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, be your own expert. Like if you have symptoms and you don't feel right, you're doing something that your body doesn't like. And that's one thing when it comes to fertility, I say, your body is constantly sensing its environment. And if you're struggling to get pregnant, your body's saying, well, this is not a good time to reproduce. And so you have to start looking into these things and, and diving into them. So, um, okay. So animal-based diet for fertility, uh, you talk to all your patients about this. Well, I've got, I've got this and I've got this. Lots of resources. And I've got, I mean, I've got resources we share I talk about it to everyone, but you know, it's like anything else. My job is to talk about IVF and IUI and surgeries and uh, other supplements and vitamins and treatments that may get you where you want to go, including 
acupuncture, massage, prayer, um, uh, healing oils, and things like that. So, you know, we've really, it, we can integrate and incorporate Eastern and Western practices in all of this. Um, and not, we don't want to leave anything un, uncovered to share with you of your options. So, you know, that's why I developed Kiltz's Keto Lifestyle. Again, it's not, it's not, I don't own it in the sense other than I'm sharing it because I want to inspire men and women uh, and, and all of us at every age to live a more optimal existence. And personally, I think modern medicine looking for data, you know, let me see what type of human being I'm I. Well, we all have predispositions to one thing or another, but the problem is it's costing more money. So the modern medical machine is costing everyone much more money. And so I already know the optimal thing, which you don't need to spend a lot of money on a test. And again, it's, it's kind of a, we, we want to help the masses to understand what is the optimal, optimal lifestyle for a human being. That's kind of where I'm coming from. But we do a lot of reproductive immunology testing. We do a lot of, 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 of DNA, uh, genetic testing, and more and more, it's gone from like three to five to 500. And, but at the end of the day, I say that each and every human being is perfect the way they are. And, and, and we have to help share these ideas in a way that they're not spending an arm and a leg. And so many people can't even afford insurance anymore. Mm -hmm. So the more we can share a very simple approach to your health and wellness has kind of like been my sort of motto and methodology in this. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of alluding at the beginning of this, like do the simple things, like do the simple things. Most of these things are free, readily available, you know, uh, things to incorporate into your lifestyle. So let's, let's talk about that immunology idea for just a second, because you do some some extra therapy for patients and, and, um, certainly pregnancy and fertility is kind of this delicate balance of our immune system because you're, you're going to have someone else's DNA growing inside you. And then, you know, birth, we think is probably something at the immunological interface too. So talk to me about like, if women have really optimized, you know, their diet, still facing some fertility issues, um, talk to me about that role of immunology within fertility. Well, uh, number one is uh, there are two aspects of the human body. I think the glycocalyx and the glycobiome and then the immune system are the two top most important areas of our body that was, it's, it's doing its work behind the scenes, right? We're not even understanding or seeing it. But I've come to believe that, that um, our nutritional solutions are critical and our diet that we consume is actually breaking down the glycocalyx and it's stimulating our immune system to protect us. Mm -hmm. But because the onslaught of the foreign particles and the chemicals that are damaging our immune system are humongous. So we've sort of focused on the nutritional solution and the immunologic treatments. Things that we use are like aspirin, prednisone. I mean, those are pretty easy. Uh, we then go into things like Plaquenil, uh, which is, is uh, uh, you know, something used quite readily for a lot of immunologic disorders. We then add things like intravenous immunoglobulin and Humira or uh, uh, Embrel and other anti-inflammatories that are more, they're still really sort of, of, of the shotgun approach. Um, as we're looking more and more and seeing that cancer therapy is getting into the immune uh, 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 system treatments. Vaccine for cancer. <laughs> of course, because cancer is caused by glucose and it's caused by the chemicals that plants make to kill us. And so Otto Warburg, 100 years ago, already shared with us. And if you read uh, uh, Thomas Seyfried's work on why keto is great, but what they're working to do is create a, a, a drug. And what we're trying to do is share the fact that you don't need a drug. You can do it differently. Although Western trained, Plaquenil, even Prograf, Tacrolimus, 
hydrochloroquine. Um, we infuse uh, intralipids, which are fats. Now it's soy fat. I don't love it. I'd rather you eat a fat bomb that Maria Emmerich shared uh, how to make or eat fatty meat. That's the very best uh, in all this. But uh, we believe that our, that immunology and a nutritional solution are the two frameworks of our real health and wellness. Because, because our bodies, remember that we have our offense and our defense. And anything we can prevent from getting into our body is number one. So if you, if you micronize a plant and you eat a lot of fiber, you cause a lot of damage to the glycocalyx. The glycocalyx is the Teflon negatively charged shield in every epithelial line of our body. Once that's damaged, the charge changes, the organisms and the microbes and the lectins, oxalates and phytates get into our system and it's it's the dust which actually it it, it, uh, it places itself everywhere in our body which all we're hearing is like eat fiber to enrich the microbiome eat fiber to enrich the microbiome it's like it's, no 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 you're you're actually eating. fueling the microbiome to ferment in your colon and your small intestines and now in the esophagus Fermentation in our gut is the deadliest thing what we recommend. I recommend if you eat a complex carb, cook it well to simplify it. And, and again, the, like kale is to me a killer and, and onions and garlic. And if you, again, Wikipedia plant poisons, look at it, you'll be amazed. The United States Department of Agriculture has a journal on plant poisoning because Livestock is more valuable than you and I as humans. They do not want livestock to die on the range. So they make sure they know what are the deadly plants. But again, humans have been domesticated mm -hmm. to believe one thing, but the, the, the masters are eating the steaks, but the, the, the masses are eating the mush. And we've been just got a mushy brain because plants make us intoxicated. And I do not eat any significant amount of plants anymore. And I've never felt better in my life. Mm -hmm. And so immunology is key. Now we have a lot of drugs to treat you and that's what we do. Listen, most people don't do my stupid idiotic food plan diet, but if you, I'm always looking for information out there. If you got something that'll make me better, boy, I'm gonna be doing it because I don't want a drug or a dissection, although I've had them. I had my hernias finally repaired because I suffered for years with them. And I finally said, you know what? I've, I've changed the Ferrari. I've changed the intake. And, and I've got these small things. Again, modern medicine is amazing. I use it. But I can tell you, our ancient nutritional solutions are everywhere. And all you have to do is look at our ancient savages, which are actually, the, the, they're the Ferraris of the universe. They hunted and they fasted and they ate fatty meat. Absolutely, absolutely. And when we think about, you know, an optimal diet, I know you didn't really love the idea of getting into the weeds of micro and macronutrients. But when we think about this, you know, the recommendations of like what a pregnant woman should be consuming, it's mathematically impossible to get all of those nutrients eating a lot of plant sources. Like we already know that vegan vegetarian diets are extremely dangerous for pregnancy, the nutrient deficiencies that can happen. And um, I think when people eat nutrient dense animal foods, uh, they're less likely to overeat as well. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I would say one meal a day is, is optimal. I think, you know, sometimes spreading it out for some pregnant women, but certainly eating in a smaller window, but if fasting killed babies, nobody, no baby would make it through the first trimester. I mean, have you ever seen a first trimester? Okay, if, if, and this is the hardest part. Again, the more you fill the bowels with anything, you're putting glucose into the bloodstream all the time. And glycation 
is the leading cause of damage, hypertension, diabetes, all of these things, especially preeclampsia, prematurity. And so it's a hard one. If you look at many mammals, they get pregnant fat, and then they fast and hibernate for months and months and months and months. When you actually, um, uh, uh, Fenke, and I apologize, you know, there's so much stuff out there. And on our blogs, we share about fasting is the most amazing thing a human being can do. And when a woman is pregnant, nausea and vomiting in pregnancy is a, is a save my baby, do not eat that. Because the only thing that we use for energy in our body is actually fat, not sugar. The mitochondria must have fatty acids and the liver makes fat out of sugar. And I will bet a billion dollars that insulin resistance does not occur. As long as you're eating three to six meals a day, your sugar level is high, your insulin level better be high because the job of insulin is to convert sugar and amino acids to fat and lower the glucose level. My sister died of diabetes and a diabetic diet recommendation is three to six, mostly vegetable laden and fruit laden meals a day and inject insulin all the time. Yep. That's deadly. And diabetes of pregnancy is caused by our healthy recommendations of more than one to two meals a day. And so remember we're in an ancient environment, you didn't have access to food. If you found it, you better eat as much as you can because you likely went days, if not weeks, without food. That's the the story I believe is the most powerful one. Again, I didn't believe it until I did it, until I see people do it. Type two diabetics get fat easy. Well, they're type two diabetics because our recommendations are three to six plant-based diets a day, meals a day, which is all what? Well, that's what they're telling my gestational diabetics too. I had to, you know, stop sending a lot of my patients. I can't teach myself. Because the American Diabetic Association, the AMA, the ACA, I can go down the list. They're highly funded by pharmaceuticals. Now, no disrespect to any of that. And food corporations, Nestle, Coca-Cola, and food corporations. All of it. Look, Look, I mean, it's not a conspiracy, actually. They believe their ideas are right. And so that's cognizant dissidence and read Gary Tobbs. And this isn't a conspiracy, but look, I've learned the secret. One meal or less. Do I sometimes eat a meal and a snack? Yes, but what do I eat? I eat, I eat fatty meat, a little bit of eggs. I eat bacon and, and part of my baby's diet. Again, this is so radical. I include ice cream. It's made of full cream, a little bit of white sugar and vanilla and an egg. Is that not healthy for you? And, and again, do I use, do I use salt? Yes. And so I'm boring. My diet is boring as heck, but most animals eat a very boring diet. Dogs and cats in the wild were carnivores in domestication. They're fed plants. They get every disease we get. Insulin resistance is a lie. High glucose, high insulin. Low glucose, low insulin. Health and wellness for everyone. That's the simplest thing. If you ate whatever you eat, but only one time a day, you will feel the very best. Is it easy? Yes. If you value yourself as the most important, valuable, and irreplaceable entity. The problem is we've been fed a lot of lies, but we're told by the experts, the professors, the people at the top of the game, the plant-based world, which is teaching a lion to be a pig, to be a wild type to a domesticated type. So I can't tell anyone what to do. I'm just sharing my thoughts and ideas. Each and every one of us has the power to change. I love it. I love it. Um, let's talk a little bit about exercise. I know you're definitely into alternative acupuncture, yoga, tai chi, these types of uh, you know rhythmic movements and things like that. Women that are trying to achieve pregnancy, should they exercise, not exercise? Depends what their health is. Exercise is my fifth leading cause of disease. Sugar, 
plant antigens, plant chemicals, fiber fermentation, and exercise. Now, people's heads are spinning. <laughs> the, well, we over exercise. Yeah. We over exercise. Now, like I'm 66 almost. Because they I, want to eat I, processed carbs and sugar. <laughs> for the last 10 years, I have not exercised at all. I, I got a little extra 15 over the last two years. And I'm like, you know what? I got on my spinning bike. I've got a great bike. I've been, I got back on it 30 minutes, five to eight times a day. I do my lightweights. I'm, I'm, I'm never sweating. I'm actually doing some of my videos while I'm spinning because you need to breathe. Oxygen actually is the critical flow. If you're exercising, you're depleting your oxygen to the cells. You're causing friction to everything. And what are you doing to the internal temperature of your core body? Increasing it. That will cook your DNA, your eggs, your sperm, your embryos, your baby. That is not what we did for the last million years. We were not runners. We're walkers. We can walk down anything. We store fat. We don't need water infinitely in a canteen on our hip. We're meant to go just a minute, two or three without air, days without water and weeks without food. That's the master of the human miracle machine. We've been duped. And the duping we've got is making a lot of dollars for, the, for those that domesticates each and every one of us. And again, I'm not about against making money, being successful, but as a physician, I went in to become a doctor in order to help people, not hurt people. And so exercise, over-exercise. Go out with your buddies, your friends, go for a walk, go for a light ride. Sometimes, you know, we like to be gladiators. But the last I looked, gladiators and exercisers, and look at the most amazing uh, uh, marathoners, they die younger. And they have new hips and, and all sorts of things. They need a, they need a special, you know, a, a, a sports medicine doctor to be injecting them always or massaging them down or icing them down. I don't need any of that. Yeah. I think there's an obsession with cardio and my followers know I'm, I'm much more of a fan of resistance training, you know, a couple of times a week, especially for women, because muscle is definitely an organ of longevity and for bone health and these types of things, along with optimal nutrition. So, um, I think cardio is worthless, but I like lifting heavy things. Cause I think that that makes you hard to kill. <laughs> but, right, I, I say, get into your pottery studio, your painting studio, your poetry, do something. We're actually built to be creative, not to exercise at all. And actually your muscles, my muscles have been like the same for 10 years and I have not exercised. I did gain a little bit of subcutaneous fat everywhere because I'm supposed to, I tell people that your muscles are actually always there. Your bone is there. The anti-nutrients of a plant want to kill you and want to make you fertilizer. And so I always say less is best. And, and so, you know, I, I look at, we all like to look good and we like to say, Hey, look at me. I mean, we're, that's what it's all about. We're gladiators. We're marketing. That's part of what this is all about. But I don't care if you're overweight or under underweight is deadly. Overweight is the healthiest thing you could be. Being obese doesn't cause any disease. I tell all of my patients, you're beautiful. I will not measure your BMI. Uh, I will. I don't care what your weight is. But I will tell you, if you're overweight, that's to me a sign that you're highly inflamed because if it's a high plant-based diet. And so those are the clues that we, we look at. Exercise actually will help you gain weight, not lose weight. Mm -hmm. Nutrition is number one. That's why I tell people, if you do it only in one time a day, your, your, your body will be low glucose, ketones, which I think ketones are kind of like not even that important. Fatty acids are the fuel for the brain and for the muscle. Fatty acids are the energy for every cell of our body, not sugar, not glucose, ever. Yeah. Okay, let's pivot just a little bit and talk about um, other lifestyle things. What role does sleep play <sighs> in fertility? Well, fertility is critical to rest more. 
for me, it's that one meal. I nap one to three times a day. That's critical for all of us. Imagine in our lifestyle for the last however many millions of years, you weren't saying like, I got to get to the office. You were like on a walk, a hunt or out there somewhere. It's like, you're taking a nap. So three times a day, I tell my team, give me five minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes. I will focus on gratitude, meditation, prayer, and I will, I will get right to breath and smile. I close my eyes and I relax and I bring the dream of my moment in my day. And I just, so sleep is critical. I don't, I go to bed early. I get up early. I go to bed at eight o'clock. I get up at three. And, um, and then I take my three naps, but I make sure it's one meal. And for all of us, I mean, to live a fertile life. And when you're pregnant, you know, this idea that we should be going to work and rushing around. Oh my God, uh, uh-uh. slow it down. Take a nap. I'd say yoga, meditation, and prayer is the critical one. And any of us, you know, everyone's saying, well, I can't nap. I can't sleep. Well, if you are awake, do something. I listen or read or, or, or do it in my pottery studio or do something. Or I'm watching your blogs or something that's inspiring. Um, and then it's like, okay, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to listen to something. I listen to uh, African uh, drum or acoustic music. I listen to the words of, of, uh, of uh, Mohammed or Jesus or, or Abraham or uh, Buddha, whatever, whatever spiritual ideas that we can bring into play that'll calm the mind. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of distractions in our modern world. You know, carrying this thing around all the time. Oh my God. So we got to turn it off. Tia, my partner, is just like, turn that thing off, put it away. You always have to have it. It's our addiction. But mm-hmm. our simple things, uh, more sleep, less eating, less food, uh, water over wine, whiskey, and beer, and even caffeine, tea, and, and smoothies, and green stuff, and yellow stuff, and, and coffee, mm-mm, that's not good for us. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. What do you think about, um, I see a lot of people coming to me, trouble getting pregnant. They've been on the interwebs. They're taking inositol and CoQ10 and all of these things to try to get pregnant or even talk about organ supplementation. Do you think that there's a place for that with fertility or? Well, we, we sell through molecular fertility and Dr. Kiltz's nutritional solutions, inositol, of the omega-3s, ovarian bloom, male and female supplements. And we even sell the beef liver and beef organ uh, uh, supplements. Now, I don't know if any of those things are the ticket or the trick. Um, and, and, And so I would say many of the things that we've already talked about are far more important and getting your, your, your nutrients from sort of real, uh, 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 products that nature has made. But I think for many people, we know that vitamin D and acetol is the, is a natural product that may reduce, uh, insulin glucose levels. Um, so, you know, I don't know that real answer, uh, the FDA and FTC claims that really the science hasn't been, uh, uh, uh we don't have a good foundation on that. Um, so I'm going to kind of uh, be iffy on any of that, th- those things. We sell them because we want to make the access and affordability there for people when we, we see a lot of us sort of sharing these ideas. Um, I would say that eating fatty meat and eggs and bacon and butter over an anti-nutrient is better because in actuality, A, D, E, and K come with fat. So why would you eat all the, again, kale has a lot of antioxidants. Well, it might, I don't even know what an antioxidant is actually. I don't think there's any t- proof in it anyway. The best antioxidant that we I have seen, an endogenous 
antioxidant system. It's called glutathione. I mean, <laughs> yes, but 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 in, but even that to me again, I'm the science is really great and it's hard foundation. But I've gone to a simple Occam's razor. Einstein, simple answer is the one. You know, ninety nine percent of us human beings don't have a a, a university medical school diploma or access to those things yet they're smart as can be by the way you can get so much on the web but but if you simply get back to our ancient nutritional solution roots you don't need all this extra stuff you don't need my supplements or anyone else's supplements Mm -hmm. if you eat fatty meat in one meal a day i mean kelly hogan and so many people i listen to uh carnivore cavelli i'm doing a live with her today and i'm like wow like, you know, again, I'm a scientist. I'm a researcher. I've done it all. A lot of it is, look at me, look at me, how smart I am. And I want to get to a patent that I'm going to sell my product. I'm in the midst of a lawsuit for infringing on a patent for a supplement that everyone knows about. And any of us doctors that would claim we own it doesn't make sense to me. But ultimately, I think less is best. Yeah. They may be right for you. Do your own research. That's really it. Well, I think just what the the tragedy I see is the supplement industry is a billion dollar industry. It sells on fear. Uh, you need a supplement for this. You need a supplement for your joints. We've, we've, we've created a industrialized problem with our health. And now we're trying to solve solutions to it that I don't really think, or I think it's like pissing in the wind really, but you don't need my supplements. You don't need any of this. You don't even need my ideas. But I've learned from people like you and Ken Berry and Marie Emmerich and so many that we're just saying, okay, where's the N of one? Where's the human being that that did something? Because we're all 99% the same. Even if you try to look at our DNA and come up with an answer, you're so different, you're not. The physiology and the function of the miracle machine is like a Ferrari. They're almost all the same. Why some Ferraris get damaged faster than others, I don't know why. That's not the question. They drive it differently. (laughs) Yeah, but but we don't know why. I mean, ultimately, we don't know why. My grandmother, 104, my God, she smoked and drank. Mm -hmm. And my parents lived in 94. They, too, lived a hard life. Why some people die young and other people go older. Why some people have an obvious disease and other people have nothing. The why, to me, is a worthless question. Show me the way. And that's what the keto lifestyle is all about. Keto is really the term. It's a low sugar, high fat environment. You can be a vegan grazer. You might be okay. But you want to know the Ferrari formula? The the formula one? I always say you're the number one. You're the goddess to God. One meal a day. Why would you eat more? You don't need it. You're worried about your amount of money you spend. You don't need it. And actually, the last I looked, fat, if you buy real fat, it's the cheapest thing you could buy. Yeah, the butcher throws it away. The butcher throws it away. And when you eat it, it cleanses the glycocalyx. It goes to the lymphatics. It does not go to the liver, by the way. And it does not need to be converted into fat. It is already the Ferrari fuel. And so what people don't know is amino acids and simple sugars must go to a liver and they must be converted to fat via insulin. Glucose and amino acids are not used in the periphery. Your fat cells cannot make fat. You must do it in the liver. Because if you look at a liver failure patient, they're skinny and emaciated. They have insulin and they have sugar, but they don't have the number one organ to make fat. Type 1 diabetics are skinny because they don't have insulin. And so if you fed them only fat, that's why keto was the treatment for diabetics 100 years ago, even for thousands of years. Probably no one had these problems and start until we start getting addicted to a plant. And I love to eat salad, vegetables, fruit, fiber, and I love French fries. Love them. Yeah. I've seen some uh, type one diabetics uh, do really well on low carb diets and using massively less amounts of insulin, which is also saving them a lot of money, reducing long-term complications. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. 
Well, it's interesting. We see women that go through premature menopause and those people that lose their thyroid function completely lose everything. And then we see it start working again. Yeah. Okay. So the pancreas, by the way, is simply inundated with plant antigens. Lectins, by the way, are the most deadly thing we consume every day. They're in almost all green vegetables. Latex, oxalates, phytates, they're deadly for our bodies. Just do your own research. They bind to the thyroid, to the ovaries, to the testicles, to the pancreas, and they shut you down. Can you, can you turn it back on? Sure, you might be able to simply eliminate plants because we have zero need for ever eating a plant, ever eating glucose, ever eating fiber, ever eating a, fi a fruit or a vegetable, zero. So that's where I start from. We need oxygen, water, fat, and a little bit of protein. We do not, keto is not a high protein diet. It's a high fat diet, low to no sugar diet. Mm -hmm. That's the way to do it in one, in my opinion. Love it. Love it. Um, let's just talk briefly, Dr. Kiltz, about um, kind of the rest of environment that I touched on earlier. You know, we hear kind of this buzzword of things acting as endocrine disruptors, xenoestrogens, the plastic water bottles and things we use. Do you ever talk to patients about this? Sure, I do. But, but the actual, the truth is, is that you've not hospitalized anyone with the known plastic overdose or or toxin from breathing bad air in general. Right. We know the leading diseases are related to metabolic disorder and sugar. Agree. So plants, again, read Kevin Stock stuff. Read our books and how we talk about the plant chemicals that contain estrogen, progesterone, and the birth control pill, by the way, came from a plant. So yes, I think we all need to do our duty. I drink out of glass uh, or ceramics, mostly. Uh, do I use some plastic? Sure. But anything we can do to minimize our carbon footprint, which I don't even know that the truth is, is that we all, humans are the biggest, uh, 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 um, the, the biggest culprits in uh, overusing anything. I've been- Oh, it's not well, the cows? <laughs> it's not the, I mean, come on. You know, I'm sorry. Humans fart more than a cow any day of the week. And the growing of vegetables have From taken fiber. away <laughs> the natural environment for those free-ranging animals. So actually, actually, crops are the killers. And yes, we need to change it up. We need fewer people in the world. That's, that's the only way to solve our problem. But I would say that a meat-based diet is ultimately the best way because you eat a lot less beef, eat more fat, and we have to do things to minimize uh, the use of plastics and other toxins in our environment. But I would say that the number one toxin is the, is the alcohol, the heroin, cocaine, marijuana, caffeine, nicotine, the things we inject, we drink, we put all over our bodies and the excess three to six fiber plant vegetable meals a day, which make us vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's just review one more time, Dr. Kiltz, the foods, list some foods that people who are wanting to become pregnant should start incorporating into their diet. Again, it's, a, it's a really radical concept and idea. <laughs> I say the baby's diet, bacon, eggs, butter, beef, intermittently feasting. So he's holding up this, uh, for those of you who are watching YouTube, you can see it, but for our Apple podcasters. So it's B-E-B-B-I-S. Bacon, eggs, butter, beef, intermittently feasting and salt. And I've also incorporated the I as ice cream because we have to treat and reward ourselves. Don't cheat uh, ever. Uh, life is not meant to be a cheat. Um, it's meant to be rewarded. But if you reward yourself every day in the amusement park, you're going to be dead or diseased. And so I believe fat. If you, if you want to eat as a vegan, I would say white rice and white potatoes uh, and add hemp seed oil, uh, coconut oil. Um, the biggest problem is vegans need to supplement with the modern made K2 
chemical or drug or supplement where a vegetarian can easily do eggs, butter, and cream, I would say, and cheese. This is where uh, ghee and cheese, because we know that ultimately eggs are the healthiest thing you can eat and butter and cream and cheese is easy and there's no fiber there. And then for the Mediterraneans, again, I call salad nature's toilet paper. And, and, and I know it seems kind of ridiculous, but, but the last time I looked in the toilet, I've never seen meat there because meat makes mommies and daddies in a fatty meat diet. Meat is digested in the upper intestines, quickly taken up, but vegetables are hard to digest. That's why I stay away from them. So ultimately, you know, there's so many resources. Read Marie Emmerich's stuff. Uh, at she, Maria and Craig Emmerich are, are, are the people that I really, 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 really recommend in our, our keto uh, for fertility. Uh, we have a keto for fertility book of the Fertile Feast. And then we have a keto for fertility cookbook, which gives people a little bit more variety. But I would say boring is the best way to a baby because you cannot have boyfriends and girlfriends on the side. It's deadly. One spouse, one partner, one husband, one wife, and our meals should not be variety. And your meal is not a party. It's fuel for the Ferrari. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Okay. So um, you'll love this, Dr. Kills, but I end all my podcasts with something called the semen analysis because I'm Dr. Semen. I don't think it could be more fitting for what I do, <laughs> but everything you're saying, you know, for getting women pregnant, I'm seeing more and more and more semen analysis that are abnormal. So men need to understand the, the role that they play too in this. It, I always say it, it starts with the egg, the sperm, the embryos, and the uterus. All of these things are critical. So, you know, I'm a fertility specialist. I take care of men and women, young and old. I take care of, of, of mommies, but you got to take care of all sides in this. You're right. Because the inflammation that's affecting the egg and the sperm are caused by the same healthy lifestyle. Three to six vegetable laden meals a day, low fat, no fat, and lots of exercise. That is deadly. I love it. I love it. Okay. So for the semen analysis today, I just pulled this article that, um, that just came out in March of 2021 that I really liked that is just going to highlight a lot of the things that Dr. Kiltz and I have already highlighted for you about fertility and reproduction. So the Ferrari that he refers to, uh, you know, inside of our body is the engine that drives that Ferrari is the mitochondria. And we know with mammals, because we are mammals, mammalian aging is that mitochondrial mass is the hallmark of, of aging of mammals. And a ketogenic diet is, is more in my eyes, it's not just sugar burner versus fat burner. Okay. Obviously, yes, we've highlighted all these amazing things that fat does and how we need to be burning these fatty acids, but ketone bodies act through cellular signaling. And this is, this is where I can get a little foot stompy on social media because people are like, Oh, it's just about controlling calories. It's just about controlling calories. No, it's not. It's about the substrate and the presence of ketone bodies intermittently, not all the time necessarily, but intermittently um, are, are good for our mitochondria. They're good for longevity. They will reduce uh, your risk of getting the things that are most likely to kill you or make your life miserable, like neurologic diseases and metabolic diseases and cancers. And so they did this cool study. They just published it in uh, March of 2021. So it's a, a brand new study. And they basically were looking at mitochondrial mass and mitochondrial enzymes. And it's a, it's a mouse study. Okay. But it's, it's not ethically plausible to always study these things in humans. But the mice were basically given this isocaloric control diet versus a ketogenic diet from 12 months of age. And then they looked at their tissues and they collected them at one month and at 14 months intervention. And what they found was that specifically um, in the brain, right, which is, which is how we, our brain, our neurological system, our immunological system, these are the things that are interacting with our environment. And what they found was that in the ketogenic group, the ketogenic diet induced very tissue specific changes in the mitochondrial enzymes, um, the activities and the structures. And this was, this was basically associated with, with longevity and living a longer, 
uh, healthier life. And that gives us more time on earth to do all the amazing things that we want to do. Um, because that's what life is really about. It's about interacting with other humans and our, you know, other human relationships. Cause I'll tell you right now, life would be pretty damn boring by myself. <laughs> Much more fun to have a, a communication in a uh, community. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Kiltz, thank you for being part of my community and for, giving your insight to all the listeners out there. If we can just even touch, you know, one woman, then that's, that's, that's what we're here to do the ripple effect. So thank you so much for, for giving a guess your time and your knowledge. Doctor, thank you so much. What a pleasure and a blessing. So tell people how they can find you, how they could become your patient. Well, drkilts.com, CNY Fertility, those are probably the two best ways you can buy uh, my books on Amazon. You can download them on some of our websites for free. Some of these, uh, my job is to share these ideas that uh, you're not my patient. Uh, you're, you're your own patient. You're, you need, that's all I think we need to change a little bit of the dialogue on, on all of this. We're sharing health and wellness ideas that everyone and anyone could can listen to and learn. That's why I'm so impressed with what you're doing fit and fabulous can be any of us, no matter your size, shape, age, weight, or gender, or whatever it is right now, by simply beginning to listen and learn. And that's how I got to the place I'm at. Uh, each and every one of us is special, 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 a gift of, of the gods. I love it. I love it. All right. Thanks everybody for listening to the fit and fabulous podcast. Make sure you share this with somebody. There is somebody in your life that will benefit from this information um, share it with all the young men and young women. It's never too late. It's never too late to change nutrient dense animal foods. Don't overexercise, get sleep, connect with God, connect with your community. These are really, really simple things that could have a profound impact on you and your circle. So thank you, Dr. Kiltz. Thank you, everybody. Dr. Seaman, God bless you. Thank you.